0: Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. My name is Craig. My guest today is Amy. I'm going to introduce her in a minute. <laughs> and this is a series called Conversations in Contrast that we're doing. And if you don't know, we're actually in a trailer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is called Shalom, the mobile podcast studio. Oh, wow! And we are traveling <laughs> from Seattle to San Diego. So, And also, Amy, as you know, guests, we are literally in the shadow of LAX. So, when you hear airplanes and other RVs generators come on like <laughs> that's what we're doing, that's where we are, but this is part of the the journey. So, don't mind the background noise, but we're going to have a conversation today. And if you don't know exactly what this series is about, Conversations in Contrast, it was birthed from this place of there's so many good things going on in society today with sort of the culture with social media and we all know that there's some negative things and some really terrible things. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've noticed, Amy, on social media specifically, and just in culture in general, is that we're, we sort of look at other people's lives from afar. We look at other people's lives through filters. People are putting their best foot forward, which is not totally a bad thing, but sometimes the unintended consequence is we're teaching a generation of people to look at people's lives and the highlights and through the filters, and they're thinking, wow, their life is so amazing, and we all know my life isn't, perfect. So sometimes people are thinking like, man, I can never be like that person. They got it all going on. And I know I have issues. And so I just felt like the Lord's invitation was to pull back the curtain on pain, struggle, the dark night of the soul, even. Um, You know, here's one, here's one example of like, if a 16 year old walked up to King David, when he was in his prime, Mm -hmm. he had his the, the castle and the kingdom yeah. and the authority and all of it. And he's like, yeah, but look at you. You're the king. You have everything. Mm. And he's like, oh, son, let me let me tell you about 15 years of running from my life. You didn't hear about that. Wow. And so we realize that there's a making of a man or a woman in the kingdom of God, oftentimes through sorrow and suffering, pain, struggle. But that's how God develops us. And so we wanted to talk about that on this series. So Amy, if it's okay with you. The way that I'm introducing people is because I know all my guests could have a, a nice curated bio that has all the accolades and all the things, and uh, but I wanted to introduce each guest just from the perspective of maybe the way that like a, a quote-unquote normal, not close friend, just the way that somebody might see you from afar, in your case maybe online or maybe somebody in your church that just sort of sees what you do. and and what their thoughts might be. So we don't know each other super well. We've met a couple times, but let me, if it's okay with you, I want to introduce you that way. So okay. this is what I see. I see a, a young woman of God that's doing great things in the kingdom. I see somebody that has, I think, over 600,000 followers on TikTok, yeah. over 100,000 on Instagram. You're on staff at and part of a massive church in Orange County, and you have a front-facing role in that church in terms of I always see these videos of you sort of doing a a podcast interviews in the lobby in front of everybody. And like, this is just sort of what somebody that from afar would see from your life. I see that you're sharing the gospel prayers, sharing the word of God with people and literally reaching millions of people and you're still under 30. And so I think that maybe, you know, people would look at your life and be like, wow, who, like, who is she? What did what has God done in her life? Like, man, He really must have just set her up. Everything's just been perfect. Everything's everything's just been smooth for her, you know. So, so I guess the first basic question of this podcast is: Either your life has just been totally easy and everything's just been set out for you on a silver platter, perfect, or you've been through some difficult things that have made you the tool in the hand of God that that He has fashioned to be used for His kingdom. So. Unless the former is true, if the latter is true, then would you tell us about one of the most difficult, hard, painful things that you've been through in your life? to encourage a generation of people
1: yeah well first Craig thank you so much for having me on here honestly you guys should if you guys stepped in here <laughs> it's <is> amazing <laughs> and I told you right before coming in you're living the dream this is amazing to take content with you and wherever you're going like this is amazing yeah, I'm yeah. in awe thank so you. thank you for even putting me on here yeah, and for absolutely. having a conversation with me but um just
0: if people don't know my my son is right over here in his bunk my daughter's up here like we're literally and then my wife like we're literally and then my over here <laughs> yeah. so yes yeah. well thank you yeah it's been fun you know, this journey and uh, there's been ups and downs but <laughs>
1: yeah well you know I I, I wish it was a silver platter that you're talking about that everything was handed um I've been in ministry now about nine years um wow. if I want to really started young yeah if I really want to count back I started serving at the age of 10 years old really yeah have you always in- known the Lord I have. I grew. I grew up in church. You grew up in church. I grew up in church my whole life, like from when I was born. There was never a moment that I haven't been in okay. church. Okay. So I would say that the most consistent in my life thing in my life, besides my family, has been church. And I'm not just talking about Sunday. I'm talking about, you know, you have group in the middle of the week, and you have. We had something called a planning group, and then we had group, and then we had church Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So what? I
0: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday,
1: Saturday, Sunday. What kind
0: of church was this?
1: You know, they don't really have an official like denomination, Mm. but we'll lean more towards the Pentecostal apostolic side. So I grew up in Spanish church my whole life.
0: Spanish speaking.
1: Spanish speaking church my whole life. So I, you know, I stepped into reading English and English Bible probably at the age of Eighteen, seventeen, eighteen. 18 wow. yeah so i didn't really read spanish like english my first one i got ever from target and i was like oh this one looks <laughs> cute like and it was and then it was kjv and i was like oh i don't, uh, really, I don't understand it either. this is my first
0: choice of english yeah. yeah
1: and you know through that time um i can say i had the abcs of christianity right i knew I've never doubted God in my life. God has made himself known in my life. I accepted him at an early age as my Lord and Savior. I got baptized at the age of nine. And at my church, we had a rule that in order to serve, you had to be baptized. So I memorized the answer like, this is why I'm getting baptized. And so I've always known... This is the right thing to do. This is the wrong thing to do. And now, like, as I'm older, I realize I had religion right, but relationship wrong. That's
0: what I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. You've always grown up in church. You started serving at 10. But yeah. at what point, and I didn't know, now it sounds like you're yeah. saying it, but at what point was it, a, like, a real relationship with yeah. God, not just doing the church thing?
1: It was at 19 years old. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I didn't really have a, you were far from God, and I guess I was just didn't know him. Mm-hmm. And so I served in children ministry um, from the age of 10 to the age of 21. And I was a kid taking care of kids basically. <laughs> but, um, one day I was teaching in the back. I, I, was, I was teaching. Um, I was taking care of, of middle school kids. and I was teaching and my youth pastor at the time walked in and he said to me that I had a gift on my life to teach and I was like no I don't like I don't have this at all because I actually grew up with public speaking anxiety and really? I would I had a lot of anxiety in throughout high school to the point where I would even take tests in a separate room from people because I couldn't take the thought of somebody looking at me or, or or being around me and my thoughts would run run like run my life and so I was like that's not for me like i just feel comfortable with kids are kids and and uh, he asked me what would it take for you to actually step into this. And I said, you can't convince me of this. The pastor can't convince me of this. No person can convince me of this. Only God. If God speaks to me himself, and I remember saying these words, and confirms to me that he wants me to do this, then I'll do it. And that day during church, there was a prophecy that happened and it said, you asked for confirmation and here it is. (laughs) I want to use your life. I didn't even know what to do. Like at a different time in church, like later on. Later on had nothing to do and I sat there weeping because the conviction of the Holy Spirit came upon me that I dared God to touch me. I dared God to speak to me and he did. Yeah. And that became He's like
0: that that was for you.
1: That was for you. And and that became the journey of I wanted to now have a Bible and know who He was for myself. Mm-hmm. All I ever knew God was was what the pastor said from the pulpit, right? And what I would hear, and all we would ever talk <laughs> about was like First Corinthians. So I knew God as like the legislator, like the one that says Pen- the rules. You Pentecostals are yeah, like, <laughs> like
0: talking about 1 <laughs> like Corinthians all We 14. talk about,
1: <laughs> and so that was the depth of my relationship with God. And at that point, I discovered uh, my first pastor. I want to call him Francis Chan. I discovered him through YouTube and I started, I've always been a writer. Wait, what? Your first pastor? My first pastor, I call him. Like
0: the person that actually shepherded you was Francis from afar?
1: From afar. Like not, not actually, but like my YouTube pastor. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so... I, I'm always been a writer. I love writing and I would hear his sermons. I would write them down word for word, word for word, word for word. I would what? read scripture and I would all his sermons. I would dive through them and I would just ingest it. And then I got into Paul Washer. I got into John MacArthur. I got into TD Jakes. I started seeing, I'm like, oh my God, there's all these pastors that exist and they're all speaking. And I fell in love with the word of God. I, I fell in love with the reading and then I would hear them. And I would start asking God, God, I want to know you the way that they know you for myself can you open up your word to me? Can you show me who you are? And I would spend hours and hours just piercing through the Bible. Wow. And because I wanted to know who it was once he had spoken to me, I was like, okay, you're a God who speaks. Now I want to hear who you say that you are. Wow. And so I spent about a year and a half in my room just writing down. And I still have all those journals and it would be just me pouring out my heart to God. And you could even see the teardrops of just wow. the awakening of who he was and it really shocked me that even though I've been around this my whole life, I've been around church my whole life. I had some knowledge. Finally, my head aligned with my heart. Right. And then it became it became an overflow. And so... R- so
0: what I'm hearing, Amy, is that everything's perfect. Look at this. Look at this. You grew up in church. Yeah. You were serving in church. You get a you get a word from a pastor, a, a call, amazing call, mm-hmm. and then it's confirmed by the Holy Spirit in a prophetic word, mm-hmm. and then you fall in love with the Bible, and you're being trained up by the Lord, and so here you are in ministry, right? No, <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> I wish because yeah. So where's yeah. the where's the
0: pain in that? So <laughs> at that
1: point, because God was pouring out so much love to me, you can't you can't hold it in and I wanted to just give it out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to start preaching. I wanted to start speaking. Um, I wanted to start, I wouldn't say into preaching. I just wanted to start telling people about who he was. Right. And that became a problem to my church. Uh, my church ah. doesn't agree with women preachers. Uh, they agree with a woman speaking to women, a woman speaking to youth, mm-hmm. a woman speaking to children. But once you're stepping outside of that, That's a problem. I see. And so I did the most Christian thing I could think to do. And I joined Bible college. Like (laughs) I dropped out of school. I was pursuing business. I went into Bible college and I ended up finding out the Bible college. I went to didn't agree with women preachers. either.
0: (laughs) Um. You're like, I should have checked on that one.
1: But I just knew that they loved the word. So I think from all that time, it was the word that sustained me. So then I started getting. I also love what you
0: said is that. It wasn't like, oh, I want, I want the authority of being the preacher per se. It's not how it mm-hmm. started. It was an overflow of a good yeah. God that was in you, yeah. which is how any good preacher really should start. Is it, whether yeah. you're on a stage preaching or every Christian should preach. By the way, yeah. So man or woman older young like there should be a message coming out of our life if the holy spirit of god has filled you yeah but that's how it started for you You fell in love with god and he's he the river of living water needed to spill out yeah. from within you and then you're like but how do i do this if they're saying no yeah.
1: and i didn't i didn't ever want to be a preacher okay. so even when i was there i my my assumption is that they probably saw something in me that i didn't see in myself at that point because I didn't vocally say, I want to be a preacher. I didn't vocally say, I want to be a pastor. I, I I actually was against it because of what the rules that I grew up with, that that wasn't supposed to happen. And so since all of that was going on, um, obviously, you know, One voice Student Missions, like mm-hmm. the Jesus Clubs online. Um, I started preaching at the Jesus Clubs and the club started going from five kids to 500 kids. (laughs) So I was preaching Monday through Friday at my old high school. And now I was in multiple high schools. So now when that started happening, my, my church really saw that as a problem because it spread and it did, it wasn't contained anymore.
0: Oh, really? And So
1: on top of that, like I, I'll I'll speak about this now, like because of the denomination I grew up in, um, things were supposed to be done in order. You wear a skirt, you wear a veil, you cover yourself. You don't show too much, you don't do too much. You don't paint your nails, you don't wear makeup. You don't do any of those things. You don't step out of our denomination. You don't go Mm. and speak in other places. You maintain here and anything that you do outside of what we say is clear rebellion and you usurping authority. Mm. And so I wasn't understanding what I was reading from the word and then seeing it from the church. I was seeing two different things. And at some point, like I can go story through story of everything that happened, how hard it was, the backlash I got, the people that saw me from when I was a young age now speaking bad about me. And all I wanted to do was serve God. And and I remember Hmm. contemplating, I was like, God, why is this so complicated? It really should be easy. I just want to tell people about who you are. Why do I feel like they're quenching the spirit and, and, and wanting to stop what's going on? Why, why don't they come beside me? Like, I'll tell you one instance when I wanted to baptize about 20 kids. And the first question they asked me was, do they know our doctrine? And I said, <laughs> all I know is they said yes to Jesus and they want to have a new life in Christ. And they didn't want me to baptize them. And so to this day, I live with that thought that those kids didn't get baptized. And I remember coming to a breaking point because I was I was like, God, is it my fault that I'm a female? Is it my fault that I can't talk about the gospel like a man could? Is it my fault, am I being rebellious? Am I going against authority? What am I doing wrong here when what I'm seeing is fruit, and I'm seeing people come to Jesus and I'm seeing people say yes. And then I go to the place that I grew up in and all I hear is no, 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 no. And in one meeting, we had prayer meetings every week. I was in the meeting and they said, ask God whatever you want. I got to my knees, I was weeping, I said, God, I don't have the strength to leave. At the time I had a, a youth group, I was, I loved my kids, I had middle school kids that I would teach. I couldn't Which all okay okay I was all okay with them. It was all okay with them. Just what I was doing outside was mm-hmm. not okay. And this went on for about two years of just like, no, 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 no. Um,
0: Before you tell us what happened, mm-hmm. what takes place next. Mm-hmm. Can you, if you're willing, take us a little deeper into what you were feeling, like in those in mm-hmm. those years? Because we we could tell a story of a two year process in two minutes, yeah. but the people that are starting right now to hear this and resonate with you, mm-hmm. what they're feeling, I'm I'm imagining it's it's what you felt, mm-hmm. and so, man, you're you're now living like an amazing life, but what? What what was the what did it feel like in in that time? What was the turmoil? Was there a war in you? Was there, what, did you get depressed? Like how how did you deal?
1: I felt a lot of isolation mm-hmm. because you're either with them or you're not, and even though I was there, I wasn't with them anymore. So all your friends, all the people you grew up with, they turned their backs on you because they don't want to be caught up in being a rebellious person or being in that mess. I felt conflict of, am I hearing you right, God? Mm-hmm. Because they're saying it's wrong. Right. Why do I feel such a passion to talk about you? And this should be a happy moment because I'm discovering who you are. But what I'm hearing from God and what I'm seeing looks really different and i would show up to church every single time and feel desperate and the only place i had to run to at the time was the word of god that was it that was my only sanctuary that was my only place i, I felt like i was getting slapped in the hand for everything i did I, at the time uh, even with instagram there was like uh I wasn't posting. I had like probably like 60 followers, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like I was just posting encouraging stuff and it would be like, why are you posting that? Why are you posting that verse? Like every single thing, it felt like I was hitting a roadblock. Yeah. And, and obviously when you come across opposition, you start questioning, should I even be doing this? Right. Um, I remember uh, my brother, my brother now serves with me and everything is different, but uh, my brother at the time, because he was going to, he would even tell me, why are you making this so hard for all of us? So my brother started feeling the backlash as well. Right. Um, my, all of us have been at that church, my whole family. So I almost felt, why can't I just be like everyone else? Why can't this be easy? And I think that at that point, going through that season of isolation is when God solidified to me. You're going to have thousands of reasons to give up. But one is going to keep you, and that's Jesus. Jesus. And that was the gold that I discovered at that time, because what I didn't know is that God was reinforcing the need of what you need is me, not anything else. What you need is the word, not anything else. You, I'll be the one to sustain you. I'll be the one to guide you. But in that moment of isolation, the nights looked like I was crying all the time. My parents were concerned because mm-hmm. they saw me in pain. And how can church cause pain? How can church cause sadness? how can church cause confusion when it should be the exact opposite mm-hmm. so it was not an easy time at all this went on i started at 19 i left at about 22 years old so about 3 years
0: 3 years of this like dichotomous struggle mm-hmm. where the the church authority that you as a good-hearted genuine believer want to submit to healthy authority because it's mm-hmm. biblical but at the same time you have an overflow in you you sense the call of God on you it's actually been spoken over you in this church
1: yeah
0: and you're seeing the fruit mm-hmm. like the 20 kids that want to get baptized and then this tension of like this same family is like no don't baptize them yeah like what are you preaching for outside like yeah So three years you go through this and you're feeling isolation. You're feeling like, am I the big issue here? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I missing? And And even like
1: with the high school, that was like my main thing at the time. Like, let's reach out to community. I really started having had a conviction that church is supposed to go outside the walls, which is, you know what it is. But at the time, all of this was brand new to me and I never had seen it. Like them actually do this. And so I would ask them like, Hey, would you come with me? Would you participate with me? And they were like, We want no part of it.
0: So it wasn't just that they're like, oh, like, that's what we want to do. But it seems like you're out there doing it on your own. You're like, no, come. Mm -hmm. Let's go evangelize. (laughs) Like, let's go be incarnational. And they're like, no, we don't want to. Nothing. Okay. Wow. So you're in the midst of this turmoil. Mm -hmm. How did it? That's not the church you're at now.
1: No. Um, I asked God for the strength to leave. I couldn't have left it on my own if if God would have if this would the next thing I'm gonna say, if it would never happen, I would still be there. I would still be there. That's the church that I grew up in. That's my church family. That's how I came to know God, right? But I prayed and I said, God, I can't leave on my own. Can you have them take me down? And that was one of the most shameful things you can go through at that church is to be sat down or to be have your privileges taken away. And what I asked God to do was have them take it away. And probably two months after that, um, one of the leaders of the church, uh, we had a meeting and we were talking about the next youth assignments and they said, okay, this is your assignment. This is your assignment, except you Amy, you're not doing this anymore. And they publicly took away my youth group publicly took away me serving with kids and i stayed afterwards i was already crying like just hearing it's taken away but a part of me knew this is what i prayed for. this was
0: yeah you knew it was more than just that's taken away it was god saying the whole season's changing
1: it's gotta go and i spoke to them afterwards and they said um you have to choose the high schools or us that sounds very simple like to put it that way, to preach in the high schools or us. And I remember my answer to them, which I can only thank the Holy Spirit now. I said, it's, it's not between that and the church. It's Jesus or the system. And I remember telling the person, I can hear a million no's. I can have everyone tell me, no, you're doing the wrong thing. But I've heard one yes from God. And that one yes is enough for me to go forward. And so that was the moment that I walked away. I kept attending probably for another month, but it was very hard because then you reach. If I was isolated before, this was another step of isolation where nobody wants to even be seen talking to you because you're like poison to the church. Wow. And at that moment, I started, I was for about two, two and a half years um, church hopping. Because all I've ever known was this I had no idea that there was like all of these other churches going on and I didn't know where I fit I started attending like five different churches maybe this won't work maybe this won't work oh this doesn't feel like what it is and trying to figure out where God wanted me but the one thing I knew is even though I was hurt it wasn't the church that hurt me it was people
0: I what I was going to ask about go. is if you had if you got what people call church hurt from that. It doesn't sound like you well, just knew that it, you knew what I actually people it, actually mean when they say church hurt yeah. is that there's some people in a church or some Christians that hurt yeah. you.
1: And you got you have to continue.
0: Yeah. And there so you was were no perfectly. You knew that the next step was find find a church, find a, a church. healthy church, not like oh I'm church hurt yeah. I'm gone
1: because I didn't want to get wrapped up in bitterness. The only person that loses in bitterness is yourself. Right the only person that loses in not forgiving is yourself. And this is actually the first time I'm publicly talking about this. Like, Really? About, yeah. Like I've kind of said it but I haven't really wanted to talk about it. Yeah, because you want to honor. I want to honor. And I can retrospectively look now and think about all the good that came out of it. And I'm thankful to where I grew up. And if I had to, I would do it all over again. Mm. I would be there all over again. I would grow up all over again. I, I would be i would do everything the same because the outcome is how god wanted it to be Mm -hmm. god's will prevailed but i never wanted hurt to overtake me and it's because i had seen many examples of people my age at our church that walked away and never came back
0: yeah that had been taken down by the pain Mm
1: -hmm. and i didn't want to be another number another person that fell into that because I knew who Jesus was.
0: So you're saying at that age, 21, 22, yeah. you, you were actually thinking through what I'm feeling right now could lead me this way and it could take me out, but I'm going to actively fight bitterness, anger, all these things. Cause I have to stay healthy with the Lord. Yeah,
1: I knew the enemy wanted to take me out yeah. at that point. Yeah. I knew he did. Um, and I, was not having it i was seeing what god was doing in the high schools and 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 kids saying yes to jesus by the hundreds (laughs) i was seeing at the time i got a young adults group the same day uh, i have not had this but the same day that the church kicked me out another church called me and said hey if you ever need to borrow our church you can come here and have your own youth groups and that day they actually gave me the church was 10 acres they gave me a ranch where i can just give bible studies to the high school kids the same day that that happened wow. i did not know <laughs> that anything was going to go on god just opened doors and i said god okay if you're gonna use my life i have i won't have anything to give if you're not pouring into me right and god was so full of grace with me where the churches i went to afterwards i learned what a pastor was mm. um I'll shout him out. His name is Pastor Kevin, Baptist pastor, who took me under his wing and sat with me for a year and just pastored me. And and, and allowed me to use his space and, and 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 I was like, Oh, this is what a pastor does. Like what wow. I knew my pastor as is like when you're in trouble, you go to his office and then you get your sentence of how long you're sat down. That's the extent that I knew my pastor. Huh. I never knew a pastor could sit down with you. Then there was Pastor Kyle, who um, the first day I met him, he set up chairs for us to be able to have a worship night. And and he took me under his wing for another year. And there was so many people along the way, Pastor Todd, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Kyle, uh, so many pastors along the way that saw my hurt and didn't want me to be damaged, Mm. even if I wasn't a part necessarily of their congregation. And so they covered me and I can only take that as God's grace over my life for what was gonna happen next. And so I had to take the pain and and now I can look at that and say, God, you were refining me and I didn't even know it. You were teaching me and Mm. I didn't even know it. You were covering me and I didn't even know it. Because in all those years, like people can see social media now and be like, oh, it happened out of nowhere. Right. No. oh she just
0: blew up because of covid online no. but the roots of what god was doing in you go back to when you're 10.
1: even my first video on tiktok i recorded my first video on tiktok in tears huh. because it was during covid um and and realize this i had lost my church family right i had um we couldn't go to the high schools anymore i didn't have a regular job i would had a clothing brand in order to support what i was doing in the high schools to pay for what i was doing in the high schools um that was my job going being a high school campus missionary oh that's what i did for five years and when covid happened they say the schools are shut down <sighs> the church is shut down you can't You don't have your young adults group anymore. You don't have the high schools anymore. You sit in a place of, God, I gave up everything to follow you. And now the thing that you told me to do, I can't do. And I remember crying and weeping in my room. And you almost get to a place where, God, do you even hear me? Do you even care? Mm -hmm. Are you there? And uh, I was praying one day, and it was right before I was going to preach on Zoom everybody was preaching on zoom at that time, <laughs> and
0: like through jesus clubs
1: um no this was a young adults group i had at the same time okay there so, was a meeting on yeah zoom. Okay. yeah and um i had just found out that one voice was gonna go to move to texas because they were in pasadena at the time so i was local to them so even my one voice family was leaving. leaving um and that was church to me for a while um i'm sorry i feel like i'm telling you so many facets of a story within like two years but There's a lot that was going on at the same time, but I went on my knees. I was crying and the Holy Spirit told me this. He says, he told me, who do you love? And I said, what do you mean? He's like, do you love me or do you love your call? Mm. What are you in love with? Because what I was asking him was to release me to preach. I wasn't asking him for more of him. And he just repeated that to me in that prayer. Are you in love with me? Or are you in love with your call? Mm. And it was almost like the call was ripped away on purpose in order to fall in love with him and to go on my knees and to be praying and to be seeking and to open up my word and, and to say, God, to infuse me with him. And so that night, I preached that word, What are you in love with? And I called my best friend afterwards and I said, I don't know what to do. I feel so lost i don't know what god wants me to do and you know sometimes the most simple truth you might hear it and read the bible the most simple truth from the the right person at the right time will bring you right back into what you're supposed to do and she told me god has called you he's gonna make a way Hmm. you'll figure it out for whatever reason that night i pulled out TikTok, i got my bible and i read and i was crying as i was reading because that was the word that god was speaking to me in the moment the next morning that video went viral. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's funny, that's crazy. Like, yeah. oh, TikTok, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so the next day I was like, oh, let me try again. The next video went viral. Then another video, the next video went viral. For five videos went viral in a row. And I was like, okay, something's on this. Yeah. And then I started, they were like, okay, I had like 11,000 followers at that point within like five days. And I was like, let me try preaching on live. And then somebody told me, oh, maybe you'll get like 12 people and, you know, it'll be good. It'll be a way to to break out of it. And that day, over 270 people joined on live. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to preach the message that I preached in the high schools. The struggle is real, but so is God. And that day, over 170 people said yes to Jesus. (laughs) That first live. And that became a process of posting nine times a day and people watching the videos and saying, what book is that? Like imagine getting comments saying, "What book is that?"
0: Yeah, and is the it's, Bible? And it's the Bible?
1: <laughs> and then you're going on live, and people are posting that they're buying their first Bibles. And I started going live from 8 p.m. to midnight every single day. You did? I did for for about six months. Wow. Every single day, 8 p.m. midnight, and we would have a at 10 o'clock we would have a 30 minute break for people to go to the bathroom and grab lunch, whatever <laughs> whatever they wanted to do, and we we're right back to reading the Bible. Wow. And so in a moment, and this is what God's been res- in this last month God's been telling me this what you try to do in 10 years I can do in one moment yeah and that's what he did with me it was 10 years of preparation for one moment where everything changed wow yeah
0: there's so much in there gosh I hope people are getting this that I know there's a lot of parts that, to that yeah stuff. <laughs> there's a lot but it's the be- it's so beautiful I mean it's it's painful and difficult but beautiful yeah and uh you know, and and the essence of this show is to talk about pain because in our culture we don't talk about it very much mm-hmm. and we don't see other people's um, struggle or pain. But man, a subject that's equally as important in this generation is is the story of process. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're a fast food culture, microwave mm-hmm. now, prime, you know, but God's like a crock pot, God, mm-hmm. and what we see in people the fruit the the success that we see in people is not just because of pain oftentimes it includes pain but it also includes a typically a long process yeah roots growing and uh and gosh there's just so many good things you talked about like the calling versus the relationship that's huge because there's that's another thing it's like so many people are so wow thank you for sharing and so now you are serving you're, you, you continue your online ministry, and it's fruitful, and you're reaching millions. You're serving at, like, this big church, um, and you're on staff, right?
1: I'm on staff, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, so the way that God has opened these doors for you is incredible. Um, and so at the end of this show, what I'd love is for you to give an encouragement for anybody that's going through right now what it is that you went through. And feeling that kind of pain, specifically for women, mm-hmm. and uh, and I believe that you have an impartation and a prayer that uh, will be powerful in regards to people, specifically women, stepping into the call that God has for them. Um, but before we get to that, I want to talk about the second part of this this series: conversations in contrast. So,
1: right
0: there, yeah, right there. <laughs> Here it is. We're looking at this beautiful <laughs> sign that. <I laughs> um. We have about five minutes before you need to drive to your next thing to church to church (laughs) to church (laughs) i so thank you for sharing a little bit about your pain the in contrast part of this series is i want to talk about something difficult and then i just want to talk about something awesome so um some of your friends i talked to some of your friends and one of your friends said something that then resonated with us as you told us how you got here one of your friends said people don't know this but Amy drives hours to get to church every single week. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. And then you showed up here today, and I thought you were kind of like close. Now I get it. It's L.A. Yeah. Like, but but you said you left your house hours ago <laughs> to come to be a part of this podcast. So, is this true? Like, how how long how long how far do you drive to get to church every?
1: So that's part of the story as well. Um, I drive to church about uh, on a good day, an hour 45 (gasps) on a bad day, close to like three hours. So each
0: way or is that total?
1: No. So going is about that amount of time coming back. Um, since it's more later at night, it's about an hour and a half. Sometimes it could be like two hours and a half. So, Amy,
0: we live in North Idaho. (laughs) Me and Jess are like, ugh, 15 minutes across town? That's forever. (laughs) Wow. Hour and a half to three hours each way you drive to be a part of what it is that God's put you in.
1: And that was, honestly, here's why I love it. When I was going through what I was going through, I did not want to be around my city. And... I was driving out to Orange County to go to church on Sundays and I was going to two churches at the time. <laughs> I was going to one in the morning. Which one, Laura? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And the father's house, Orange County had one at night and I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Let's make a day out of it. Like, let's go in the morning and then we'll like get to hang out in the OC and it was kind of like my break from everything. Okay. From everything. And then I was going at night to uh, the father's house, Orange County. Okay. And... Uh, God began healing my heart through that process Really, of just being out there and receiving and not having anyone know you ah. and you just get to be a face in the crowd. You just get to hear, you just get to huh. listen. You just get to receive, you just get to heal. And so when I got to the father's house, Orange County, I love Bianca Oltoff, right? I love my pastor and my, her husband, Matt Oltoff, but I had seen, Bianca Olthoff for years. And I was like, Oh, she's, she's Latina. She's like me. She looks like me, you know, like she's <laughs> an inspired preacher. And I knew I wanted to be in the house. Uh. I wanted to be there. Um, however, when I first got there, uh, since I don't know the language to this, I'm going to tell myself, <laughs> I don't know the language to like how you go about church or whatever. So the first time I met her, I asked her, will you be my mentor? And she's like, um no <laughs> like, <laughs> like like that's like, the first time you yeah did. like the first because i was like i was so desperate for answers like yeah you're a woman in ministry how does this work and she's like you know they had there was a church plant it was like the first two months that it opened and like you can imagine a church plant like they're just barely getting their yeah. ducks in a row and um i kind of kept going and it was two years ago that she reached out to me we had a meeting and we're able to finally like she's like you're gonna give god one month to just attend church and if it's not here it's not here and then my best friend she's like you're gonna give God one year and just sit and ask God if this was where you want to be it's so hard for me to just sit like, and not get involved and uh through that one year God started showing me areas that I could be of service in the house and I had a list that I wrote out to God God if you show me this 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 I'll stay in this house Because I don't want to be a person that walks in and out of a church. Yeah. I want to stay. Yeah. Like I had 21 years in my other church. Like I was like, God, if I don't see myself here at least for 10 years, don't even put me there.
0: Mm.
1: After the first month, everything I checked off of that list, it was there. I never told anybody what that list was. Yeah. I never said hey make sure this 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 yeah. happens it was just between me and god yeah. and it did um so that is how i ended up at the father's house orange county and then that's why have I commu- you ever
0: thought that the amount of gas money you could save you could just rent <laughs> i don't know
1: i have but i'm waiting for the right place to open up like at, when god wants you know yeah. like obviously i live with my parents so yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, and, yeah. You know, you're, not, and you're it's, not.
0: It's Orange County. It's expensive.
1: And, no, I'm not paying rent with my parents. Like yeah. I, I right. get to be with my parents, and I've, I'm, I'm so cool with all of that. And like the driving is like the least of my concerns. It's beautiful. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's amazing. Your dedication to just drive and your time and whatever it is to just say God, if it's from you, Um you know, we have people that like, they're call themselves a Christian, but if church goes longer one minute longer than an hour they're like get me out of here i'm Mm -hmm. trying to go to the restaurant or you know go watch football or Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna drive if it's gonna be traffic and hard parking and like so your example is is just amazing like wow you you (laughs) you left your house before eight o'clock this (laughs) morning (laughs) we're so honored well Well, it's
1: easier when you have people in the car with you then you get on carpool so Uh, my best friend and my brother go with me to church oh yeah yeah so I mean, it have a, it's like 20 minutes off, but it helps. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today and sharing your story. And uh, I know, I know that there's the reality of even the pain and the struggle that you went through in those times cannot ever be accurately portrayed in, in a 45-minute show. But thank you for opening your heart to us. And
1: yeah. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, the pain that I went through in that time, It doesn't mean that it ceases.
0: Mm.
1: And I feel that I just wanted to say this. I don't know who this is for, but I feel like you're waiting for a moment for that to end. Mm. And it doesn't. And you're allowed to feel all the feelings, but you're not allowed to let your feelings dictate the process that God has you in. Yeah. So even when we talk about women preachers and if this is for somebody out there, like I hope it is to this day, and you know how comments are on social media. Yeah. It's like the one insecurity you have is what ends up being on the comments. Yeah. It's something you'll always hear. It's something you'll always deal with. And one of the reasons why I didn't want to talk about my church for so long is because I said, God, I want to be healed before I ever talk about it. Hmm. But healing doesn't mean that it ceases. It just means that you can bless and forgive. Hmm. You forgive them and you bless them. Wow. And so I want to say this before this ends. Like
0: yeah, that is a word for somebody.
1: I am thankful for my church that I grew up and I wish I can tell every single person there, whether they hurt me or didn't, thank you because you taught me so much. Thank you because you released me. Thank you because you instilled valuable things in me. And I could look at my current church family and say, thank you because you've accepted me. Thank you because you're encouraging me. Thank you because you're breaking down habits that I didn't even know that I had and building me up into who God wants me to be. And so in any season that you're in, I, I love that the word says like, Pray without ceasing, but have gratitude. Build, pray with thanksgiving because even in the bad, there's something to thank God about that maybe you just don't know about right. yet. Right. Had it not been that I was teaching kids at 10 years old to 21, I would have never learned to communicate the gospel right. simply. Right. He taught me how to communicate the gospel simply just by being where I'm at. Serve where you're at. Don't try to find somewhere that fits your needs. Until God says so, stay where you're at. Yeah. Stay right to God's system. So whoever that's for, don't put a timeline on pain. Don't put a timeline on this is when the pain should end. Feel it. You're allowed to go through it. But forgive them and bless them.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. And people are thinking, well, I need to be healed before I can be used by God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he heals <laughs> it, you in the process. Yeah, it's in the process. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's yeah, so good. Well, can you say a prayer for yeah. our audience um, in regards to whatever you feel led and specifically in that area of pain that you spoke to? Yeah, let's Thank do it. You.
1: God, I just want to thank you for, for Craig and this conversation we get to have here. God, thank you for the space that you allow us to have. God, thank you for every single listener in this moment. God, wherever they are right now, wherever mm-hmm. they're thinking, whatever they're feeling, whatever they're going through, God, wherever they're listening from, God, you know who they are by name. And I, I just pray in this moment, God, that they would feel your presence enough to know, God, that you have them in your hands god that that pain that they are feeling god it's not meaningless that there's a purpose behind it god god i pray that you would encourage them god that you would give them strength to keep pushing forward to keep moving forward even when it all seems dark god would you give us the strength to forgive those that have hurt us and to bless them god so we can continue moving forward God, I I pray against any lies of the enemy. God, anything that is keeping a generation out of church. God, I pray right now, God, that a generation would flood the churches again, that churches would be filled with believers that God, maybe we have, we have scars, God, but God, we're going to continue going, going forward, knowing that our scars are just testimonies of your goodness, wanting God, it's another generation to know who you are and how you work. God, we will not be stopped by any of those things, but God, we will be the people that bring change, the people that bring a difference to a church and a difference to a generation. So, God, so for whoever this is for, God, I pray that you see them in this moment and that you encourage them to move mm-hmm. forward. God, that you say that you are the author and the perfecter of faith, God. So, God, even with broken faith in this moment, we come before you and we say, would you write a new story and would you perfect it, God? We pray this in Jesus name and we say
0: Amen. 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 All right, real quick, before we close, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Amy Lynette, and you can also find me at church at the Father's House, Orange County.
0: Father's House, Orange County. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you, everybody.
1: See you then.